G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. Okay, well, it is Momentum all around Australia once again. We are so thrilled to have you tuning in and trust that you are well. Uh, Just pointing you to our website real quick, MomentumAustralia.org. You can find out a bit more about uh, who we are, what we're doing, why we're here and, of course, uh, links to some of our previous podcasts, uh, some stuff there that's going to help you as well. And there's a very important number on the website too, which we'd love you to check out at some stage. And uh, my good good friend and co-host, Des, is going to give you a bit more information about that. But, uh, Des, how are you, my friend? Are you doing well? Yeah, really good, man. Really good. And, yeah, the, and our car line is very important to us, and it's very important to you. So mm. uh, it's a, a facility that's available to you seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. You can... Uh, phone the, this number that I'm just about to give you and there'll be somebody to take the call and they will can help you and it's a safe and secure environment to have an open conversation about your world. The number is 1-800-000-MEN 1-800-000-636 and so that number is available it's a great facility that we have so yeah Yeah it is and you know we've uh, talked about this on the show it, it is one of the core things of Momentum is our heart is to get guys connected to get you connected and not just connected but talking about stuff that's actually happening in your world as opposed to sitting on the surface and you know uh, when we have this guest on the show, we, we never sit at the surface. We plunge to the depths very quickly. <laughs> and I'm sure we're going to do that again this week. It's Jonathan Doyle back on the show, mate. How are you, man? Uh, you just said that so well. Like, you just said that so well. Uh, I'm good. I'm great. I'm good. Uh, I'm, yeah, no surface. What's the old saying? All all killer, no filler. We're going to get straight into the good stuff. Let's <laughs> start plunging. Let's take a deep, yeah. deep breath and start plunging. Look, in all seriousness, Jonathan, um, we did talk last time about shame and this idea of, of, of having conversations and getting stuff off our chests. Um, let, let's just start the show there, I think, just quickly. Um, from your perspective and just to encourage the guys listening, because, you know, we've all been on the journey. There's, I'm talking about the three of us here, where we've we've had to, uh, learn the hard way that, uh, hey, we need other guys in our lives. It's good for us to have other guys in our lives. And most importantly, it's good for other guys to know what's happening in our lives. And for a lot of guys, that is confronting. So I suppose just bouncing off the back of the Caroline piece, let's start there and go pushing through the shame thing, pushing through the embarrassment of some stuff. But what's the benefit of that? What's the good stuff of having that accountability, responsibility, sharing stuff, that safe space? The, the absolute genius of Homo sapiens sapiens was that we're a species that is designed to to read facial cues, body language, tonality, to actually be in relationship with each other. So you could say that probably since the Industrial Revolution, like 1860s, there's been this incredible fragmentation where so many men particularly have been separated from these kinds of communities and connections and relationships that uh, that are just so crucial. Like last night was my son's birthday, he's 14, and he had a bunch of his friends over, they're great kids, and just seeing the kind of ease in which they all 
enjoy each other's company and there's just a, a freedom and a joy and a simplicity about it. And at that same dinner last night, my best mate, who I've been super close to for probably 25 plus years, um, we had a deep conversation at the table when everybody kind of drifted away. So, Tim, I'd say that the, the need for masculine friendship and connection has never been greater because of the level of fragmentation, stress, busyness, disconnection. I'd, I'd also suggest that what's really helpful is trying to create context for that. So one of the things I did here for a few years was I'd have a fire every Friday afternoon, a bunch of guys come around. So you've got to create good context for this because if you don't, you get you actually can get pretty hurt because you, you might want to connect with somebody and it's the wrong context and they're too busy and they're not. So creating environments where you can actually just connect with, with close male friends is kind of crucial. So how do you find the right person to connect with? Are there any tips you have? So, you know, I'm, 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 you know, a loner and I want to have somebody I can confide in. What sort of person do I look for? Yes. There's a, there's, there's one great big thing to look for. Look for somebody who has suffered. Look for someone mm. who's been run over by the bus of life at some point. <laughs> because yeah. I've got a, I've got a close male friend, God bless him, who has just been absolutely flattened. And he went through a particular situation in a relationship breakdown that, um, to his credit, I think he conducted himself incredibly well and, but just got flattened. And the level of suffering that I watched him go through over an extended period of time, there is a, a safety and a groundedness and a goodness in him that you struggle to find elsewhere. So often it's finding somebody who has lived a bit of life and been through some difficulty and some of that pride and toughness has been sanded off. Yeah. I think those kind of people, yeah. that's my number one tip. I, yeah. I look for people who, um, yeah, I just look for people who've, who know what it's like to, to endure. Yeah. Wow, that's great. I have a good friend who says, uh, and I've probably said this once before on the show, um, never trust anyone who doesn't walk with a limp. that's good and it's it's essentially what you're saying in a different in a different way but um yeah look it does my head in i I just i'll be straight up i get frustrated when with guys that just can't do depth i'm just kind of like it it, not that i just in every conversation look for that but i'm like i just there's yeah but again it comes to context sometimes you've just got to create an environment my, my go-to for that is fire. Just set fire to something. The minute you have a fire, guys will start talking. <laughs> yes, Preferably a fire pit, right? Not the house. Yeah, like just, you know, don't do it in a cafe or something. That's just awkward. Um, apparently, the government says you can't just randomly set fires in a cafe, but. <laughs> Jonathan, let me ask just quickly, right, while we're on this. Um, we all agree that getting together is good, particularly as guys, right? Whether it's fires, <laughs> preferably outside of a cafe. Um, But in all seriousness, what keeps guys out of that space? Why is it that most men, and there'd be all three of us at some point in our life, obviously we came to that realization that we needed to to do this differently, but a lot of guys listening will keep themselves out of that space of uh, depth with other men. Why is that? Is Is it identity? Is it shame? Is it that we feel we're not good enough? 
other things as well, all three, more of it. What, what is it? Abject existential terror. That's what does it. It's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, I've got one guy that I'm friends with who's just, he's, it's about the story that you're living in. Like he, he's living in a story where everything is about work. Everything is about work. It's just that there's a drivenness there that comes out of wounds. Like it just does. You have to live kind of long enough to see that. Um, workaholism particularly comes out of deep wounds of inadequacy and not being enough. And uh, so what keeps them out of it, Tim, is usually the story that they're in, right? Um, mm. It's usually the I'm too busy story or I've got to do this, got to do that. Uh, so I, Look, I'm really big on environments. I just think you have to be very deliberate. If something's important enough in your life, you've got to be deliberate. So I've been taking the kids camping heaps and I, I did a podcast about this. And one of the things is in the lead up to going camping, you're like, this is the dumbest idea ever. This is such a pain in the butt. Why am I doing this? The minute you're sitting around that campfire, you're like, I'm a genius. This is the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> and so I often think with men, like – I, look, and I got to say, uh, I, the dislocation of the last few years has probably affected a lot of us too. Yes. But you got to be deliberate. You got to go right. This matters. My friends matter. We got to make time to do this. And so, yeah, Tim, I just think it's terror. It's kind of like men are just. Oh, I'm too busy. I'm this. I'm that. I've got to do this. And we just, we've just lost. We've lost the, the value of it. Just yeah? they're too comfortable. We've lost. Yeah, yeah, Des, It's too comfortable. We've lost the value of it. We don't realise that it's got to be fought for. Is is that is that terror attached to our identity or how we feel about ourselves? You understand what I'm driving there? Do do we stay out of that space? Because let's be honest, when we when most guys go into a room full of other blokes, our masculinity is uh, perhaps threatened depending on how we feel about ourselves. Uh, and we'll look around the room and we'll gauge each other and we'll size each other up. And if we're not confident in who we are you know, we don't let down the facade, um, that can be intimidating for a lot of guys. So it's easier to stay away from that space. Is that is that then when you boil it down, something to do with our identity and uh, how we feel about ourselves deep down? There's so much in that, Tim. Um, the incredible power of, of vulnerability in the right context, it's such a disarming and powerful thing mm. when people are really honest about where they're at. And I think if any man has had an experience of being honest or vulnerable and not having that received, that's quite devastating. Mm. You know, it's quite devastating to put yourself out there and just people are not open or available to hearing it or other men aren't. Um, yeah, I've had experiences of that where you, know, you sort of want to be honest about where you're at and the person you're talking to just doesn't receive it. So, I guess it's that old biblical concept of not throwing your pearls before pigs, right? I think you've really yeah. got to be careful about yeah. who you trust and who yeah. you're honest and vulnerable with. Yes. Mm. Um, but like Tim, you know, the, the whole hyper-masculine thing, yeah, I get it because I kind of lived in that world for a long time and just see eventually time is going to take that. So the second half of life or as you get a little bit older – it's going to get taken. So you can fight that as much as you want. Like if, if, if being hyper-masculine and self-protective has been your go-to, eventually time and time is going to take that. So I think learning to kind of 
just be more open and vulnerable in the right context over time is a, is a pretty good strategy. Do you think older men find it easier to make that connection as opposed to younger? No. I think what's happened is Richard Raw said this better than anybody I've heard. He said, his quote was, my sense with the older generation is that they have not become elders, they've simply become elderly. Wow. And with and Des, honestly, like mm-hmm. you would be an exception to that. Like you're somebody that as you've, you know, and you're not super old, I still see you as, as not, I think, I, you know, I'm trying to get out of my, my foot <laughs> in the my hole mouth. you just dug for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> digging, digging a hole here, put the shovel down. Des, as you've aged, as you've aged, you've kind of asked yourself a question, which is mm. how do I contribute? Yeah. How do I take the wisdom of, how does Des take the wisdom of, of all those years and offer it in service to others? That's what an elder is, whereas being elderly means you just read the paper and complain about everything. So, yeah, I, I think there's, I've grieved that. Like, you know, my father died, it was his anniversary a week ago, about 13 years ago. My grandfather died uh, 30, 40 years before I was born. I never really knew my mother's grass. So I've had a complete absence of wow. older men in my life, complete absence. Mm. So I think there's such a huge need yeah. for that at the moment. Totally. And yeah. if you think about this, Des, in terms of like human history, men lived in incredibly close connection and communities until literally about, gosh, you'd say the Industrial Revolution, but even in the 1950s, men were probably still hanging out more than they are. Mm. So there's just been this absolute historical rupture. And uh, it's, it's, it's hard to put that back together. We've covered a fair bit of ground in the first part of the show. We are going to take a short break and uh, come back once again with Jonathan Doyle. In the meantime, a couple of websites for you. Jonathan's website, jonathandoyle.co. I mean, there's so much on his website, so much that this guy just <laughs> brings to Momentum every single time. But as we take a short break, also encourage you to have a look around our website too. That's MomentumAustralia.org. And we'll come back with the second part of the show in just a moment. This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. You are listening to Momentum, and uh, we are literally all around Australia, thanks to 37, 38 radio stations, I think it is, I'm not sure, but uh, there's a a bunch of them taking the show, which we appreciate, and uh, look, uh, invariably it enables us to chat to people just like you, and uh, hopefully what we're talking about over the weeks is uh, just sowing little bits into your life that's going to help you do life that little bit better. MomentumAustralia.org, by the way, is the website. Uh, We've got Jonathan Doyle with us uh, this week, and uh, as we said at the beginning of the show, we can go anywhere. But generally where we go is down to the depths and plunge into the depths of deep stuff and uncovering stuff. And one thing I suppose, Jonathan, that I want to bounce off as we come into the second part of the show is this idea of intentionality, right? Nothing happens without intentionality. And and particularly when it's guys getting together, (laughs) it's not going to happen without being intentional. And I can uh, attest to that in my own life and still have frustrations around trying to get guys together, get them see the importance of 
being intentional, meeting up, doing this thing to call life together. Um, off the back of that, though, being intentional, um, I want to bounce off that and say this idea of life is happening for you, right? Um, and we've talked about this on the show before. Life happens um, for me, not to me. Um, can you explain that for me? Um, because as a Christian man, sometimes that can be a little confusing at times. Yeah, this one's pretty simple uh, to talk about, at least. Uh, <laughs> we live, we inhabit a highly therapeutic culture. So psychology is pretty young. You know, the first psychology textbook only really came out in 1901 from William James. And there's kind of the idea that if we're experiencing some kind of psychic discontent, psychological discontent, that there must be some problem and that we must find a way to ameliorate it so that we feel better again. Mm. So it's a culture where the what we call the vector of aspiration, the, the general trajectory of the culture is a pleasure-seeking culture because it's consumerist, because the essential engine of the culture is is late-stage capitalism, right? So the, the culture is innately geared towards consumption, pleasure, enjoyment. And look, and let's be honest, I keep saying to people when I'm on stage that for as much as you want to complain about modern life, never forget that a flushing toilet is a big deal. Like <laughs> just because most of human history, right. so let, let's be grateful for what we do have. So the dark side of that whole therapeutic approach is that when something's difficult, it's often seen as pathological. Mm-hmm. So if something's if something if there is suffering in your life, it's kind of like, well, it must be either somebody's fault or as quickly as possible. So the other perspective, the other the other approach you can take is to literally begin to say to yourself and to internalize the truth that your problems are actually your friends. Uh the, the problems in your life exist to make you better. And if you begin to approach life that way, you, you start to play a bit of a different game. You, you don't ever go, well, this is fantastic, I'm so excited. But you begin to pursue the possibilities of difficulty. Hmm. And I've done that primarily through things like ultramarathons and stuff where it's like, See, ultramarathons are not about fitness. They're just about pain. They're, they're nothing to do with, I mean, the base fitness. But so often I've learned to pursue those difficult, hard things. So the concept of life happening to you means we're all good when it's good. Like, it's like if good stuff's happening, we're like, that's oh, because it's great. It's unicorns <laughs> and rainbows. And I deserve this because I'm special. Um, whereas life happening to you, also means that the difficulties are invitations to growth. And most of us can look back on life and agree. We'll look back and go, oh, yeah, I went through this. It was awful. But out of the backside of that, I became who I am now. So we need to be a little bit more thankful for the difficulties because they either break you. So you either get broken by them, in which case you end up in blame, bitterness, resentment, anger, or eventually you grow through them and you become wise and grateful. Easy to say, harder to do. Mm-hmm. And stronger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and humans can endure, right? Like, it, it's amazing what people can endure. I um, I was at a footy game on the weekend and I saw this older couple whose son 
was in my class at school and he was a fantastic guy, tragically died, had young kids and he died quite suddenly and it was just tragic. And I was looking at her and, you know, she was smiling and talking to people. It was curious because I thought, well, you know, she's somebody who's obviously experienced a great deal of suffering, but she, she can still smile. Now, I'm sure if I went up and had a deep conversation with her, she'd tell me there's hard days still, but humans can endure. Humans can come through the most remarkable things. And anybody that, you know, doesn't think that's true, go and read, um, you know, The Happiest Man Alive by Eddie, what's his name? Because that book's just extraordinary. Jonathan, in your book, Bridging the Gap, you have a chapter called Threshold Experiences, Chasing Your Limits. Is that essentially what we're talking about here? pushing our limits and pushing our boundaries. Yeah, there's a psychological principle called limit, liminal spaces. And this is what they used to do in masculine initiation, right? So, you know, masculine initiation, as you guys would know, is almost the same all over the world. Different tribes, they, they do it slightly differently, but, you know, masculine initiation involves separation from the community. They take boys away and they would put them in situations that would – stretch st- stress them so some some tribes would take kids and put them in a forest they have to sleep overnight and there'd be mountain lions or whatever prowling around what the kid didn't know was that the other warriors were nearby watching them so the kids were actually safe but they didn't know that so they were constantly trying to put young men in these spaces liminal spaces they call them where there's enough danger to be dangerous but not necessarily life-threatening mm. so we've lost that completely so I'm a real believer that you've got, if you want an uncommon life, if you really want more, you have got to deliberately create those contexts and almost nobody wants to do it because we're terrified of rejection. We don't like fear. We love comfort zones. So I've come to it primarily through exercise and training, but also from being on stage in front of 10,000 people, having a background of panic anxiety disorder, right? Um, so, yeah, I'm a big believer, guys, that that you got to risk. you got to risk it for the biscuit. you got to put yourself in situations that are unpleasant and could backfire. Uh, unpleasant as opposed to challenging or including challenging? Oh, they can be, they can be coterminous, right? They can be, they can mean the same thing. Like I think of, you know, the, how the US Navy SEALs do their, this this six-week induction program like it's both it's really unpleasant and it's really challenging it's like it's freezing and awful and so often unpleasant and challenging are going to be pretty close they're mm. going to be pretty closely related but it's fear we, we, we it's 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 rejection and fear so like oh yeah i won't go on for too long but i think you have to create those environments deliberately yeah take the risk put yourself out there just on the physical side of things, and um, I mean, I've lived an active lifestyle for 30-odd years. You know, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a regular at uh, gymming and keeping fit. It's a lifestyle for me. It has been and always will be for me now. Um, and you talk about yourself and obviously David Goggins, who, you know, is always running when he does his videos and <laughs> speaking into a phone as someone's driving alongside of him. But um, how much... Uh, and this is the point, I suppose, to leave guys with, but how much do you think that having the discipline in that area of your life, and I've seen this in my own life, when I'm really disciplined with my exercise and my diet, it absolutely has a knock-on effect in other areas of my life. I mean, that's not to say that it has to be exercise, but I think when we start these little things, 
in a particular area of our life, it absolutely can help dial in in other areas of our lives too. Totally. I, I say to people, like, you do you because I'm a bit on the extreme end. Um, and as I said when we talked recently, guys, that, you know, I, I grew up with a guy, my father, who was terribly overweight and unfit and I've reacted very much to that and it, it eventually became a habit. Those disciplines have kept me alive at times, I think. I, I look back to when I really got into serious, really serious cycling. I was in a really major depression and and it was that inc- like training every morning with elite cyclists so that my cortisol and my, you know, my whole neurochemistry was just jacked by 7 a.m. I think that kept me out of a hole. And for net, like these days, people go, why do you run at 4 a.m.? I go, because you don't. And because I love <laughs> solitude. Because I love solitude. And I don't like anyone. If I see someone at like 5.30 a.m., I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? This is where I run. You can't be here. Um, <laughs> so I, I love the solitude, those disciplines. Uh, I think Karen reckons I have one superpower, which is perseverance. Like I'll just go till death. I'll just... I just don't quit. I'm incapable of it almost. And and running and ultras have taught me that that you can keep going. So, yeah, you're right, Tim. Like diet, for me, giving up drinking and not telling people to do that, it just worked for me. Uh, those disciplines keep me on an even keel. And I come from a background of a lot of dysfunction, so I have to manage myself pretty carefully. Mm, yeah. Well, look. Uh, note to self: if you're in uh, if you're in Johnson's area tomorrow morning around four ish, four thirty, just stay out of his way uh, first and foremost because he likes solitude. Okay, don't interrupt his uh, his training. And uh, Des and I won't be joining you tomorrow no, morning. I can uh, I can attest to that as well. But Jonathan, look, we are wrapping up the show, man. We're we're out of time, but uh, you know we never go where we expect to go. But there's always so much in. Um, in what you say and uh, we do love the depth that you bring to the show and the way that you just explore things and bring in that brain of yours into these uh, these conversations that we have man. and uh, we're grateful once again for your time on Momentum and we uh, appreciate it man you take care and uh, enjoy your running in the morning man awesome thanks for having me guys and I uh, love what you're doing and just you know hope it's a blessing for people listening so thanks for having me you've been listening to Momentum a show that helps men succeed in life for more information or to hear this week's show again go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.